Welcome back to the Dealmakers Podcast Show with serial entrepreneur Alejandro Cremades, best-selling author of The Art of Startup Fundraising and co-founder at Panthera Advisors. In this podcast, we ask our guests about their successful acquisitions and financing rounds. Hey guys, so just a quick overview here on Panthera Advisors as I think it might be of value to you. So Panthera Advisors exist in order to help founders that are in the process of raising capital or get their company acquired. I actually started the company out of incredible frustration because during my entrepreneurial journey, which involved building, financing, scaling, and exiting companies, I could not find a resource that was founder friendly and I could not get the type of support that I was seeking. So as a result, I made a ton of mistakes along the way. So if you're looking to raise capital or you are looking to get your company acquired or just need some sound financial planning and you're looking to get the best possible outcome in the shortest period of time, feel free to learn more by visiting us at PantheraAdvisors.com or just reach out directly and shoot me a note at Alejandro at PantheraAdvisors.com. Alrighty, hello everyone and welcome to the Dealmaker Show. So today we have a really amazing founder. I think that the journey is going to be remarkable. You know, the ups and downs, you know, definitely we're going to be going through them and I believe that you're going to be very inspired with our guest today. So without further ado, Adam Singola, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me. Glad to be here today. So, so originally born in Israel, Startup Nation. So how was life growing up there? It's great, you know, it's, uh, you, ha- you grew up in a culture where you feel like everything is possible, you know, so uh, I call it the economy of good enough. You can always try and fail and failing is perfectly fine. Um, so, you know, it's really, it's really great. I grew up in a small town. My dad is a guitar player, so I was surrounded by art and music and passion. Those were like, you know, big things in my house. I, uh, it, was, it was amazing. Do you think that that creativeness in being in a house like that really formed that entrepreneurial spirit of maybe like thinking about a future where you could put a gap, you know, in that and, 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 and make things better? I think, I think it's a big part of it, mainly because, you know, I grew up seeing my dad working very hard with very little money, by the way, uh, following his passion and love, um, you know, and, and that, that, that goes a long way when you're a kid, because I, now that I'm a parent, I can tell you, it doesn't matter what you tell your kids. It's all about what they see you do. And behavior, it's almost like a company's culture, like a startup culture. Behavior is so much more important than a list of words, you know, that you can put on a, in your bathroom wall. So, so the same is for parenthood and the same for entrepreneurship. So, you know, to grow up seeing my dad with so much passion for music and, and my mom being such an anchor in our house, um, you know, it, it's it just, um, to me, it was a special experience growing up. And now I'm asking myself, you know, what should I do as a parent? Yeah, you know, and it's funny that you put those uh, similarities because I always say that children are like startups, but there is no exit and you only break even when they let you sleep at night. So, I know. Uh, good stuff. It's, uh, very, true. <laughs> very true. Amazing, amazing, amazing. So, so in your case, uh, Adam, I mean, you had that uh, love for math, for computer science too. So, I mean, obviously that really led you into, into really building, you know, your business, Tabula. So, so tell us about, you know, that love and, and also how things, you know, came about for you. So, I mean, you know, just, just a bit by myself, you know, I'm, um, you know, I'm married, two kids, one dog. Uh, like you, I was able to uh, convince my wife around the pandemic to move to uh, outside of the city. So I live in New Jersey, you live in Connecticut. But, um, and you know, what's great about living in New Jersey is that it's like, it's the new West Village, you know, 
So it's uh, you get to redefine your dreams. And uh, so now I have a Lego room, which is my office, really. Um, and I'm a bit obsessed. I get to play with my kids and build Legos, uh, which we've done a lot during the pandemic. So, so you know, all of that is, is like the latest. I moved to um, America 11 years ago. I started to build out 13 plus years ago wow. back in my parents' house. It, it's my first job. So I, never, uh, I was never interviewed for a job before. So, so it's, it's, um, I'm kind of, I've kind of created my own bubble um, early on. And I, this, the reason I started Taboola was because I couldn't find anything to watch on TV. And I thought I should not be looking for TV shows. TV shows should be looking for me. And uh, we only have 24 hours a day. I was thinking about it's like a search engine, but in reverse, you know. Um, you go to Google if you know what you want. But what happens when you have no idea what you're supposed to be doing next? And that was kind of my vision, my dream. And I went to my mom and I told her, mom, the future will be completely the opposite of search. And it's going to be an information revolution. And we should power recommendations for the open web. And she was like, son, what the hell are you talking about? Um, you know, and uh, she introduced me to this angel investor who uh, she barely knew, but she said, maybe, you know, this guy can help you. And, and that was the very beginning of Tabula. Wow. And, and, and why coming to the U.S.? I mean, what, what prompted that, that move? I, you know, I thought that it, it's, it's going to be a, you know, important for our journey to succeed in the U.S. as an anchor for our business, as um, you know, to look for product market fit, to see that you know, big media organizations would consider working with us as a recommendation uh, partner. It was also a personal dream of mine to move to New York you know, growing up. So it was kind of a combination of the two. So, uh, and, you know, having fun was in New York was great. Um, just personally, as you think of doing anything for a long time, being in a place that you can have a good time and, and learn new things matters too. Um, so, you know, I, th I thought New York as the kind of the, the headquarters of the media business would be a great place for us to be. Um, and we, are, we, are, we have offices yeah. in 15 countries now, Israel being the biggest one with our, you know, product and R&D mainly in Israel. Um, but but I'm here and uh, and that's kind of like our headquarters now. So what ended up being the business model of Tabula Adam, so that the people listening, you know, really get it? We we you know we power recommendations for the open web. You've all seen us before. If you've been on CNBC or the Today Show or USA Today or CBSI, you you've you've seen recommendations that suggest um, things you may like more from CNBC, more from NBC News. Um, and then if you click on that, you discover either news from the site that you're on or uh, information from all around the web. It could be a product or it could be another piece of information from another site. We, the business model is that we work with publishers long-term, exclusively, globally, again, with some of the most amazing publishers in the world. We never charge publishers. We invest $100 million a year in creating services they might need, subscription services, analytics, editorial tools. And then the way we generate revenue is that when we recommend things to people, uh, some of our recommendations are paid by advertisers. Very similar to when you go to Instagram and you scroll down the feed, some of the things you see are from your friends and some of them are paid by advertisers. And then if you click on it, Instagram gets paid. And it's the same with us. If you click on a paid recommendation on our, on our feed of recommendations, we get paid. And then we share that revenue with our publisher partners. So that's that's how the business model works. We're now 2020, we finished uh, with $1.2 billion in revenue, uh, almost $400 million of XTAC, which is what's left for us after we shared the revenue with our publisher partners. 
and uh, over $100 million of adjusted EBITDA. So we're growing profitably. Um, and I'm so you know, humbled by the opportunity to champion the open web you know, and, and build a win-win company with publishers, you know, journalists, small businesses, um, and support you know, everybody to have a voice online. That's amazing. Uh, but obviously, the first five years were not as easy, right? I mean, now you're looking you know, probably back, you, know, you're, you're, you have like over a billion you know, in revenue, which you need a special calculator to really include all those zeros. But, you know, I guess, you know, like on the first five years, it was not easy. You know, there were multiple instances where you actually thought about even shutting down the company. So what happened and what, what really kept you moving? You know, I, um, I, I think that for the first five years, almost five years, 2007 to end of 2011, I, you know, we, we faced having no more money which is, remember, the only reason companies ever got out of business is no more money, you know, and, and we faced that moment in time three times. And um, every time we, we got lucky, we worked hard for our luck. Um, at one point, our CTO invested, and that helped other investors to be, um, you know, to want to invest. And, and other times it was different reasons. And um, I think in many ways, it's probably even shaped our culture because we were there. And many of the bullers now, people around the world, were there when we had. 10 people working for Tabula, 15 people working for Tabula, you know, something like that for the first five years. Just to give you a, a scale, we were in the first five years, we were, you know, 10 people, five people, 20 people. Now we have over 300 people apply for a job every day and we hire a person and a half a day. So about 45 people a month, just to give an idea of the scale. But many of us were there back then. So we remember what it was like to um, when it was very tough. And I think it kept us always very humble. Uh, but passionate and working hard and execute and remember that being first is irrelevant, but being the best is the only thing that matters. And, and I think that became important as we grew from hundreds of thousands of dollars a month in 2012 to over $200 million in revenue in 2014 and over a billion dollars now. And it's a bit confusing if you walk into our offices now in New York, there's a big sofa that looks like our logo. We have pianos in all our offices. We have a wall that's all built by Lego, uh, which I love Legos, as, as you know. Um, and it, it's kind of confusing to remember there were a moment when we had money for two or three months. So, so I, I really like this concept of being transparent and, and talking to, we have a Tabula University. So if you join Tabula, you start by joining, joining our university and I join all of them. And we speak about those days, about how important it is to be flat organization and transparent organization and talk about mistakes and celebrate mistakes uh, as you continue to work hard. Because uh, again, the only thing that matters is execution and working as a team towards a single mission. Nobody cares if you were first, second, or 10th in what you're doing. Absolutely. And, and during those times where you were either out of money or running out of money, what, uh, what do you think you learn about dealing with uncertainty? You know, I, I'll say that I go back in time and I was asking myself what kept me going. And some of it is, I think it's probably just being naive. You know, it was my first job. I was, I was so passionate about doing this and changing the world by building a recommendation engine for people to discover what they should do next, kind of like a Google in reverse. And there's something beautiful about being naive because I didn't know better. I never had a job. I didn't know what failure looks like. So I just thought this is part of what companies should do. You know, they should keep on pushing. And, and the second thing is that, you know, I think having a team around me really helped. Um, people that are incredible people that, um, you know, we're, we complete each other, we appreciate each other, we push each other. 
And that was very helpful. I mean, my CTO was with me for 11 years, my CEO and president for almost 10. We were all then together, you know? So um, it's so important to, when you build your company, if you're listening to this as an investor or as, a, as an entrepreneur, it's, it sounds like a cliche, cliche, but it's so important to make a strong decision about what your culture is and what people you want to join your company. For me, it was always about not experience and about passion, intelligence, and kindness. And I know I'm right because I look around my, my management team, my CRO, and the guy who reads over a billion dollars in revenue. Before Tabula, I was a chef. He was cooking for a living. You know, um, My CTO before this was in, was in security. He didn't know what CPM was or CPC or revenue share with publisher. Never talked to a publisher before. And they're all part of the Avengers from my perspective. You know, they're amazing. So I know I'm right that experience is, it's nice. It's not, not important, but great people can learn what experienced people know fast. So those things really helped me during those days, you know, the first five years and still help me now. We keep each other humble and down to earth as we're building this rocket ship, you know, uh, called Tabura. Yeah. And, you know, it's a very interesting, you know, that, that fact that, um, you know, going from chef to really, you know, being such a leader, you know, in, in your organization in Tabula. But, you know, I'm wondering here, as you're thinking about great people and surrounding yourself by great people, how, especially getting someone that goes from a chef to such an important figure in your business, how do you identify someone that is great or that has the potential of being great within your organization? What does that look like? Yeah, my, my style of interacting with candidates who consider joining Tabula is, one, I share with them a problem, a real problem that I have. So let's say, I'm for, by the way, in general, that you should also know that I, I care very little about sharing things that you may use against me because I feel like um, I can copy your logo or your website pitch, but I can never copy your culture and execution ability. So again, I care very little about if you know I, I'm excited about e-commerce or video or gaming. Yeah, you should know I'm excited about it. So what? The, the distance between knowing I'm excited about something and actually being great at it is a world of difference. So what I do is I, I pick a problem that I can share, not something too sensitive or too, you know, uh, that I can't share, but I, I choose something that I can share, but a real problem that I have. And I share it with you and I, and together we, I want to collaborate on how do you think about this problem? And even if you're not an expert in my field, it's an opportunity for you to see how I think and for me to see how you think. So I do that and I take an hour or two hours and maybe multiple meetings to just walking through a real problem. Uh, I find that to be such a better use of time than you telling me about your resume, which you probably wrote really well, and it will mean very little to me, you know? So, right. um, especially as if, if I'm not from this country, I'm an Israeli, sometimes it's harder for me to understand, you know, the cultural, you know, smaller things. So I'd rather just get more raw and talk about experiences and get to know you and you get to know me. The second thing I do is I, I try to get a cup of coffee or, or you know, or a beer and just talk about life, right? So, you know, I may share with you how I, you know, how I think about raising kids in America and um, how I talk to my son about the Avengers and the difference between good and bad. And I want to see what you think about it. And, and you might share something about you that you care about and passionate about. And it's an opportunity to just um, get an access to the human side of, of things, not only business. Uh, and then I'm okay with making a mistake. I take a bet on people. If I, you know, if I have to take a, a bet, I bet people. And, and a lot of times I, I find this to be the best way to kind of discover people that are great for your journey. 
And the last thing I'll say is that people that you took a chance on them, eventually long-term take a chance on you and are more loyal and they work with, they're more direct with you. um, And they don't afraid of uh, updating their LinkedIn every once in a while to make sure someone is calling them for an interview. So um, I I just find that to be, you know, work, at least for me, that, that was helpful. Well, that's very powerful. And, and, and as we're thinking about great people too, I mean, you obviously needed great investors as well, not to, to build this up. So, so how did you guys go about capitalizing the business and how did that look over time? I mean, and we'll get into the SPAC that you guys just did recently, which I think is going to be very interesting to our listeners, but let's talk about, you know, how you went about capitalizing the business and surrounding yourself by people that really were aligned with your vision and with the path forward that you had created. Yeah, the early investors were people that, uh, again, I had no experience. I never had a job before. And in general, I feel that people who start a business, the, the first investors usually invest because of you, um, not because of your idea, not because of you know, other things. They choose you. That's the bet they're taking. Whether that's hundreds of thousands of dollars, A round or seed round or millions of dollars, it doesn't matter. They choose you. You are the investment. And then over time, as we, um, as we became bigger, we were able to, um, you know, attract more, you know, investors that are looking for growth stories like Fidelity and Comcast and others. Um, so I feel like the best way to look at raising money is always asking yourself what stage are you in, uh, and be honest with yourself. And um, you know, against that stage, reach out to people that might find you exciting and interesting and relevant. Uh, and then now, as we were going public, you know, we we had a roadshow and you know, talking to pipe investors and. And I, I was very excited to, you know, get people such as Fidelity, Federated, Head of Sophia, Baron Capital, and others to agree to invest in Tabula. And we've raised over, you know, over half a billion dollars between our SPAC and Pipe Investors as we go public hopefully soon. Um, so that, that's been, that's more of a recent thing, you know. Um, but in any stage, I think you always have to ask yourself, where, where really are you at? And against that stage, try to talk to people that would make decisions that be good for you. Because to date, how much has uh, Tabula raised that is uh, publicly disclosed? We've, before going before the SPAC, um, we've raised uh, about 160 million dollars. Okay. Uh, we barely used any of it, um, so we, you know we have now over 200 million dollars in the balance sheet. We've been profitable for a long time, um, and it was always important to us to grow profitably, um, yeah. so that we can reinvest in ourselves. In, in you know we can always make mistakes. And be okay with that, be part of the future. And to be able to have that culture, you need, um, you need to have uh, and resources to do it. And then um, going public, we're, we're now raising uh, over half a billion dollars between the SPAC itself and the pipe investors. So um, that's, that's overall how much we've raised. So tell us about the SPAC, because, you know, there's a, definitely a lot of talk about SPACs. And, and I'm sure that our listeners are really going to enjoy, you know, what has been your experience, you know, with SPAC and how it came about. I had a great experience, you know, we were, um, I knew Gilad, the, the, the SPAC sponsor uh, from beforehand because they have a pre-IPO fund and we were in conversation and he invested in great companies like Monday and Fiverr and others. So I knew him, our chairman knew him. And um, so we, we get, we get going, we always wanted to go public for, I would say for a long time, we wanted to go public and you have many ways to go public. You can go public via SPAC or traditional IPO or direct listing. And, and as we, um, as, and I got to talk to Gilad about it, um, it was very valuable for, for me and for the team to have someone we know and trust that would eventually join the board of directors 
that has experience in public markets. And actually, in a SPAC product versus traditional IPO, what you get is that at the very early stages of going public, you talk about valuation, which investors you should go after, the process, the journey. And it was, it was really nice to, to have that conversation at the very beginning versus at the end. And together with Gilad, it was, um, it was a good fit. I will say also, you know, Tabula is a technology company, but people do business with people. And if you think about working with someone for the next 10 years, it was valuable to have someone we trusted and uh, wanted to do this together with. So that's how we, you know, we got to the SPAC uh, idea and specifically why we, um, we work with ION and why they agreed to work with us. And then now we're, uh, we, we, we hope to um, be in the last, you know, kind of stages of, of this process and st- soon be uh, traded as TBLA on the NASDAQ. That's amazing. I mean, what, a, what an incredible accomplishment, Adam. That's amazing. So, so I guess, you know, obviously here we're talking about, you know, some of the different stages, the different phases that the company has gone through and, and this incredible milestone now of, of being publicly listed. Uh, now, you know, obviously that, there's a word really that, that is behind that, and that is execution. I mean, you guys have been able to, to execute well, but if I was to tell you, you know, because obviously you have, you look at execution from maybe your own lens, a different lens. What is execution for you? How do you define execution? I mean, I think execution is a combination of um, dream big um, and go and do it. And, and it's a combination of never lose the ability to, um, to redefine your dreams. Uh, and that, that's a combination of short-term and long-term to ask yourself, who can I be and how big can it be? Um, and have the courage to, to go and do something, even if I told you you're going to fail doing it. So that if I told you in 10 years, you're going to fail, would you still do it? And if the answer is yes, you're, you, you're, you're doing the right thing. You know, you're, you're having the right dream. So that's the first part. And the second thing is uh, having a culture and people around you that have a, a competitive advantage in going and executing against that dream. That's to me, you know, kind of the DNA and what, what um, the recipe that make great companies grow um, profitably and keep reinventing themselves. So that, that's kind of what I'm, look, you know, what I'm looking at. And it's also why it's fun. Because otherwise, you know, at Tabula, you know, I want to believe that all of us are co-writing the story called Tabula. Like we're all co-founders. Now we have 14 co-founders at Tabula. And uh, nobody feels like an employee. Um, and to me, that's such a great place to be because then we can keep pushing each other and execute towards that thing. And that's what makes companies different. It's not about my MBA experience or how great my resume is or how much money I have or who, how great of a name my investor is. It, it, for me, especially in today's world, it's so much about um, a group of people working together towards that one mission and been able to excite the market. And for us at Tabula, it's about looking at a 60 plus billion dollar open web internet that most of the advertising online that we all see, it's still banners that were invented 27 years ago. If you think about when's the last time you clicked on a banner, it probably was five years ago by mistake. So, and I think Instagram is a beautiful product and WeChat and TikTok. And I think the future of the internet will look like them. So, so that's the journey we're taking, you know, being the recommender for the open web as it transforms from banners to feeds of suggestion, much like we're seeing on social networks. And that's a big dream. And I feel like we have a good shot at doing it. And talking about dreams, Adam, so imagine you were to go to sleep tonight 
and you wake up in a world that, uh, you know, where the vision of Tabula is fully realized, what does that world look like? Yeah, I don't know if I'm if I'm able to think of a fully realized. I, I always think there is a I'm less of I'm less of a person that looks back and smells the roses. I'm more about uh, there's so much to be done. So I don't know if I can easily relate to the question, but uh, but in terms of big dreams we have ahead of us and what would be awesome, um, you know, we're thinking about how we can expand our recommendation to be um, recommending anything. So how we can recommend you e-commerce so you can buy through Tabula and how we can bring more TV experiences to the open web, so video, gaming, and then maybe on the other side of it, how could you see as a consumer Tabula beyond the browser, maybe on your connected TV at home, maybe as you buy a mobile device. We just announced a partnership with Samsung in Brazil. So if you buy a Samsung device in Brazil, we are your newsfeed on your device. That is awesome. Um, you know, maybe one day we should be in your car. I have Spotify in my car, but why don't I have this podcast on my car powered by Tabula? You know, so so over time, I want to be everywhere. So that would be a great place. I would love to wake up and have Tabula in my car, on my TV, on my phone, and on, on the open web. That would be a great morning. And still, I would probably ask myself, what else do we need to do? I love it. I love it. So now I'm going to put you in a time machine. And I'm putting you in this time machine where I'm bringing you back to 2007, to that moment where, you know, you were thinking about maybe, you know, bringing Tabula to life. And uh, you have the opportunity of speaking with your younger self. And you're able to give that younger Adam one piece of advice before launching the company. What would that be and why, based on what you know now? I think the, the, the best advice I would give myself uh, or, my, or my kids or anyone is, um, you know, to, um, you live once and, and if you have to make a bet, bet people, which I told you earlier, and mainly because everything will change around you all the time. It's the nature of life. We go up, we go down, new things happen. Um, especially as an entrepreneur, it's amazing and it's so hard to explain the gap between your highs and lows. You have days when everything is amazing and days where everything is crap, you know? And you still have to be this, you know, a healthy, mentally healthy person that's driving this ship and, and keep pushing it forward. But the only thing that never changes is um, the environment you create around you and the people that you look to join you. And um, that's the best advice. That will never change. That is a very long-term decision you make. That is your anchor. People that feel you have when you enter the office, right? Or when you look at your emails, when you interact with your clients. So to me, uh, the, the best advice is people. I wouldn't change anything. You know, I wouldn't want to succeed more during those five years. I feel like it was an important part of my journey to, uh, to go through those experiences, to meet those people, to learn what, you know, good and evil look like, uh, which I speak with my kids all the time about as we talk about Thanos versus the Avengers, of course, every day, um, as we build Legos and things like that. I'm, I'm fascinated by superpowers and, and you know, uh, good and bad. So I wouldn't change those things because they taught me so much. Um, and my advice would be bet people. Amazing. So, Adam, for the people that are listening, what is the best way for them to reach out and say hi? I'm all over the place. Uh, I'm, on, you know, I'm on Twitter. Um, I'm on Instagram. You can email me. My I'm Adam at Tabula.com, fairly straightforward. I'm, I'm employee number one, so you can email me too. So yeah, feel free to reach out, say hi, 
And thanks for, for listening. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for being on the show, Adam. Thank you. If you like the show, make sure that you hit that subscribe button. If you could leave a review as well, that would be fantastic. And if you got any value, either from this episode or from the show itself, share it with a friend. Perhaps they also appreciate it. So also remember that if you need any help, whether it is with your fundraising efforts or with selling your business, you can reach me at Alejandro at PantheraAdvisors.com. You've reached the end of another episode of the Dealmakers podcast. For free resources and materials, head over to AlejandroCremades.com. Thank you for listening and see you at the next episode.